Well, good morning again, and I would encourage you if you if you have any interest in uh, going on the Mexico marriage retreat. It's not a marriage retreat in Mexico. I know that sounds a little bit more like American culture. It's actually a marriage retreat for Mexicans in Ensenada. And so if you're interested in helping to serve and participate in that, I would definitely encourage you to sign up. You don't have to go. You're just signing up for more information. Well, if there's one thing I've learned as I've gotten older and older, I just turned 31. I, did, I was not expecting a laugh about that. I just got older. Uh, well, anyways, <laughs> this isn't the one thing I've learned, but one of the things I've learned growing up is, uh, I, I don't know, I think it's something to do with uh, my generation and uh, young people in general, but it's difficult sometimes to ask for help. Um, it's difficult to acknowledge that I need somebody to help me outside of my own uh, abilities. Now, if you look at me, you may not think I'm the strongest person in the world. And I'm not. I don't have a lot of upper body strength. And one time I was moving, uh, I I went to seminary in Dallas and I was moving back to California uh, and I was giving away some furniture. And I said to myself, I said, I can do this all by myself. And I did. I did it all by myself. I took my furniture. It was like two chairs and a bed down to my truck, and I loaded it. But then my arms were shot. I mean, I, I, I was worried I wouldn't be able to steer the steering wheel. I, I, it was the most tired my arms have ever felt in my entire life. And, and I realized I needed help. I wasn't going to, I had to drive them to this, to this man's apartment and lift them. And I, I was like, I can't lift my water to drink it. <laughs> so I had to ask for help. I went over to my friend Philip's apartment and I knocked on the door and I said, and Philip's about as, as buff as I am, if that gives you a picture. <laughs> but I said, Philip, I need you to be my muscle. And he was my muscle, and he helped, and I stood there while I watched him and this other man carry my bed upstairs and carry my chairs upstairs into an apartment, and it all went all right. I carried it down from the apartment, plenty fine, but I realized that looking back on that, I I think to myself, even as I was thinking about telling that story, I was like, if I had asked Philip to help me carry the things down in the first place, I wouldn't have, my arms would have been totally fine. But it's this, this asking for help is, or it, admitting that we need help from somebody outside of ourselves is sometimes a really difficult concept. And, and not just for silly things like moving furniture, but for life in general, we need help. We need community. That's one of the things that we experience here at church. We experience community and help from other people. And more importantly than that, we experience help from God, the ultimate outside source. God is outside of of even our created realm, and he made us, and he offers us help, and yet so often we don't ask him, or we don't look to him for help. We want to be truly independent. And so this morning, we're going to look at a familiar passage, Philippians 4, 10 through 13, 
And we're going to see what Paul has to say about independence or about self-sufficiency. So I'd invite you to open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. But before we get into God's word, would you join me in prayer? God, we ask that you would open our hearts to your word. God, may your word cause life transformation. May we follow you better and better. May we know you better and better. And God, may you show us how to depend on you, our creator and our sustainer. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Would you follow along as I read Philippians 4, 10 through 13? I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Perhaps if you're looking at your sermon notes, you may, uh, you may be able to figure out one of them because one of these verses is quite familiar, but we're going to see what Paul is speaking from and the circumstances from which he's uh, telling these Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens, or through him who strengthens me. The first thing that we see in this passage is that the Philippians' provision for Paul caused him to reflect on the Lord's provision. Paul was in desperate need. Paul was a minister of the gospel and had a right uh, as an apostle of Jesus Christ uh, to be provided for, and yet oftentimes he didn't exercise that right. Later in this passage, we learn that the Philippians were the first to provide for Paul. And so in the midst of this, he's both thanking the Philippians for what they've given him, but he's also saying, but I actually don't need it. Because what I have, I'm sufficient in Jesus Christ. What you've given me is great, and I thank you for that. But I actually, I actually am sufficient in plenty and in want. The Philippians' provision for Paul caused him to reflect on the Lord's provision. It is the Lord that provides. And furthermore, he's, he's telling the Philippians, you're more than just friends that give me things. As a young person, I don't know if you guys knew, I already made a joke about age, so I'm going to dip back into that. But as a young couple, oftentimes when you go out with somebody, like a parent, they offer to pay for you. But the parent is much more than just somebody that pays for things. It's my parent. It's my, my mom or my dad. Do you guys have a friend that has a truck You ever call that friend to help move? It's almost as if Paul is saying to the Philippians, you've provided for me, you've given me the truck, but I want you to know that you're much more to me than just a friend with a truck. You're a partner in the gospel. You're being used by God to provide for the ministry. And your provision for me, your providing for me in the gospel is causing me to reflect and to say, you know what? It's not even the Philippians that are providing for me. It's God who's providing for me. 
The Philippians' provision for Paul caused him to reflect on the Lord's provision. And not only that, this provision caused Paul to think about what it means to be sufficient and what it means to have things. There was an overriding and uh, overarching philosophy during Paul's time called Stoicism. And Stoicism's highest values were self-sufficiency, were becoming utterly independent. Um, it, was, it was achieving some sort of uh, uh, status above need and abundance. And serenity was achieved uh, through self-sufficiency. Paul's co- culture w- was Stoicism. It, it valued self-sufficiency and independency above all else. It said the highest thing that man can achieve is to be independent from any source outside of himself, above the needs of man and above the needs of, of having a God in the life. We're going to reflect back on this, but I think we can acknowledge that our culture oftentimes elevates people and wants to elevate people even above the status of a God. Humanism, uh, humanism creates this desire, this burning desire in man to say that they are sufficient, that man is sufficient even outside of any source, outside of even God being influenced. That's the culture that Paul was in. So Paul, in the midst of seeing that the Philippians are providing for him, he reflects and he says, not only do I need the help of those in my community, the Philippians provided for me, I need the help of the God of the universe who is my ultimate provider. I reject this culture that says that I am sufficient in and of myself, that I can achieve a point where I don't need anything outside of my own being. Paul turns it on its head and says, not only do I, not only can I never achieve independence, I need to be utterly dependent on the God of the universe. Paul looks at stoicism and he, and he rejects it. He rejects it. He says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. That's Paul's secret. He says the secret is that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that's the next point. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul says, I need other things in life. I need the God of the universe. I need an outside force influencing me. I need friends and family supporting me. I can't do this on my own, but I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul isn't referring just to physical provision or spiritual provision, both of which he's been given. He's been given spiritual provision through the Lord. He's been given physical provision through the Lord providing to him through the Philippians. But he's referring to a founding principle that God has taught them, taught him. That he's rejected culture and he said, I can't do it all on my own. 
I can't achieve some status level where it's all going to be okay. But I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Have you ever caught yourself, either in a moment of weakness or a moment of reflection, it never happens to any of us, I promise, but saying to yourself, I can do this all on my own. Even outside of God's help, I could do this all on my own. Have you ever been convicted of that? I have. I know it's a surprise, but that thought of I can actually do life by myself, it's terribly convicting. But on the flip side, have you also caught yourself depending on the Lord for everything and feeling so at peace? That's what Paul on stage read, and that's what Paul in the scriptures teaches us. He says twice, leading up to this passage, he talks of the Lord and the peace that he gives. And how do we achieve this peace? By utterly depending on God. He says in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then two verses later, he says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you always. We achieve peace by depending on God, by saying that our provision comes from him when we when we see how god provides for us we reflect and we acknowledge that it's him and we say we can't do anything on our own but only by the strength of god through him we can do all things i can do all things through him who strengthens me and so our final question this morning is how do i learn to be satisfied in jesus Okay, I can acknowledge that, yes, I should depend on God more and more. I want to find more and more peace in Jesus, but how do I do this? I have a couple of suggestions. First, we need to acknowledge the culture that we're in. The culture that we're in today uh, elevates choice above everything else. As I mentioned before, this culture of Stoicism in Paul's day is reflected in something called the age of authenticity today. And what we, what we see is that we have a plethora of choices in almost every area of life. Not just in your choice of what church to attend on a Sunday morning, and I'm, we're glad that you chose to attend here and be involved and be a member, but you have a choice in music we're not limited to just buying CDs or albums anymore, but I can create my own playlist on Spotify. You guys know what Spotify is? All right. It's going to keep going along the path of this kind of thing. So if you don't know what Spotify is, just bear with me for like two minutes and we'll come back. Uh, my wife and I, we don't subscribe to cable. I'm sorry if you work for a cable company. Uh, but we get to choose what we want to watch on Netflix. When I go to Chipotle, I get to create my meal exactly how I want it. We're given an abundance of choice. Choice is elevated, and choice continues to elevate 
person to be. It's all about you. It's all about you. You get to pick the news sites that you read in the morning. You get to pick the news channel that you watch. You get to hear the information that you want to hear. It elevates man and continues to elevate man to the point where it's all about you. Which is not what the world is. But that's the culture that we live in. There's a book written about the cultural changes happening by an, uh, and one of the chapters is written by a guy named Brett McCracken. And he says, This perspective, uh, perspective fundamentally alters the role of faith in an individual's life. He's talking about this age of authenticity, these abundance of choices where we create what we want. It becomes just another expression of identity that can be curated and enacted according to personal tastes and preferences and not according to any obligation or external expectation. In the age of authenticity, faith need not be encumbered by church and its rather distasteful impositions of authority, guidelines, accountability. This is a change. Not long ago, spirituality was necessarily embedded within a church or religious institution. But in our present era, to be, spiritually, to be spiritual is simply to accept what rings true to your own inner self. We elevate the person so much that If you don't like what you hear on a Sunday morning, you can just go home and listen to a podcast. Something that you might like a little bit better. So in order to be dependent on God, we need to recognize that culture is fighting against that. It's telling us how important we are, how important our choice is, how much we can make life just center around our little circle and make us feel good about ourselves all the time. But that's not life. I I don't get to feel good about myself all the time. One of the questions I I was thinking of in, in writing this was, am I willing to give up my own affections, the things that I enjoy in life, in order to increase my dependence on God? Am I willing to give up the things that I enjoy in life in order to increase my dependence on God. Something silly is I love Legos. Am I willing to give up my love for Legos to be dependent on God? Yes, that's easy. But am I willing to give up my own choices? Am I willing to give up the place where I live? Am I willing to give up control in my children's lives? Am I willing to give up peace at home in order to go through good change that increases our dependence on God? Am I willing to give those things up that I feel like define me, and yet in reality I am defined because I am a child of God? So how do I learn to be satisfied in Jesus? We need to recognize the culture that we're in. The culture is fighting against us. And also, we need to live out that there is more to life than just provision. There's more to life than just provision. It's more than just things and and feeling uh, content. And so how do we do this? One of the first things we can do is, in our prayers, we can both thank God and we can petition God. We can ask him for things and we can thank him for things. This was a helpful 
uh, was a helpful shift as I was thinking of, as I was preparing for this sermon, th- both thanking God and petitioning him. What this caused me to remember was that m- my whole provision, everything that I have, comes from God. Both the things that I'm thankful for and the things that I need. Everything comes from God. We want to both thank him and we want to petition him. And then finally, we want to imitate Jesus as the primary example of both plenty and want. As we think about the scriptures and as we think about the life of our Lord Jesus, he both was found to have an abundance of things and to be wanting things. He had deep, meaningful friendships. He had his inner circle of three, of three. And then he had his 12 disciples. And yet, at the end of his life, they all abandoned him. Jesus was completely provided for by God. He had an abundance and yet he also had a want. He said, Father, take, take this cup from me. Yet not your will, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is our primary example of both plenty and want. Finally, I think of two questions. Am I satisfied with little? And am I satisfied with much? Am I finding that I'm dependent on God or, or am, I, am I not satisfied with what the Lord's given me? Paul, in, in this scripture, he says, I know what it is to be brought low and I know what it is to abound in any and every circumstance. Paul's learned the secret of both having little and having much. He knew what it was because his provision came from God. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to go along with the culture and say, yes, I want, I want to become truly independent. No, he said, I want to be dependent on God. I was, uh, I was helping a, a, a former intern of mine move on Friday. S- sermon could basically be Paul and moving. Um, but I, I, it w- I was reflecting on I was helping him move into an apartment and it was him and uh, three other guys in a two-bedroom apartment. And I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've had two twin beds in a bedroom, you know? But for where this guy's at and what he's doing in life, he's satisfied. God is real to him and he's in ministry and he's doing what God has called him to do. And if that means living in a small apartment with three other guys... He's satisfied with that. And I was challenged in my soul of like, Brian, you've gotten used to space. What is space? I want to be satisfied in God. And I want to be dependent on him and not think I can do it on my own. So as you go, we're not going yet. So let's pray. Well, here's what's going to happen. This is going to be an awkward end of the podcast, but... And 9.45, I'm sorry, 9.45. Um, we're going to pray, and then we're going to reflect in worship. And I hope that God can challenge you on how to depend on him more and more, bucking culture and saying, I want God 
and nothing else. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the Apostle Paul and the scriptures that you gave him. God, we want you, nothing else. God, show us how to increase in our dependence on you, how to decrease our dependence on ourselves, and show us how to follow you closer and closer every day of our life. May you challenge us as we worship, and may we be in your presence this morning. In your son's name, amen.